Hey, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And this is Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Lion is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what it's been like and where it's going. A couple reminders before we start the show. First, this is the final episode of this season of Talking Lion, and we'd like to thank all of you for sticking around and listening throughout this season. Likewise, we'd like to give a special thank you to all the guests that we had this season. Thank you for making this season so special and for making the most of this strange year with us. Though this is the end of the season, we'll continue to put out chats between the two of us and also with creatives of other disciplines between now and the start of the 2021 season. Secondly, we think anybody listening to the show is awesome and we'd love to hear from you. So now we have a number that you can text if you want to reach us. Text us at 914-226-4772. We'll text you back. Don't believe us? Give it a try. Lastly, our face is on a shirt. We have shirts now for Talking Lion with our faces on them. If you want to wear us on your shirt, buy a shirt. It helps support the show and it shows your friends that you like Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. You can find these shirts on our website, sleepinglionmusic.com slash store. Likewise, as always, any support on Patreon would mean a lot. That's how we keep the show going. And it's a great way for you guys to become involved in the show. Pro tip, Patreon supporters of the honorary lion tier or higher will get a free shirt. So check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash talking lion to get involved in the show and unlock exclusive membership rewards. Now let's get on with the show. We recorded this episode with our new friend, Rosie. We first heard of Rosie through her brother and manager, Mateo, who had co-written with us on his last trip to Los Angeles. But this interview is the first time we actually met and spoke to Rosie. Some context for this interview. We recorded this remotely over Zoom. Rosie had just signed with Arista Records and released her song, Never the One, which had gone viral on TikTok a few weeks earlier. Unwaveringly authentic, Rosie is bursting with creativity and writing songs that manage to capture catharsis. So, without further ado. I'm Rosie and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hi there. Hello. It's very nice to meet you. I, I, we were saying before, like, we know your brother, we wrote with your brother, uh, and about this time last year, and he's like, you got me my sister. She's she's an incredible artist, an incredible writer, and I say 2020 has proven that to be absolutely correct. 2020 has been a crazy year, but I'm so happy to be here. It's so nice to meet you guys. You look exactly like your cover <laughs> on your podcast. Uh-huh. That's Yep. Which which is actually uh, a very recent thing because I had a big old long beard uh, up until about this time yesterday. So, yesterday. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I grew a quarantine beard and uh, <laughs> 2020 has, I mean, weird is an understatement, T- terrifying and, and like, like it's, it's been the highest highs and the lowest lows. Yeah, truly. I think, I think 2020 things just happened, you know, a lot like, of things yeah. happened. That is Anything so that could happen just did, you know? Yeah, I think if I were to describe 2020 in one word, it would be eventful. Yeah, it that's great. So that's, yeah. It feels like somewhere between a drama and a sitcom. It's like every week or month, there's like something massive yeah. that either happens person- <laughs> personally or in society. It's it's like it's like that TikTok. It's like one of those TikToks where it's like uh, God is talking to one of his helpers and it's just like, <laughs> oh, did you do all the 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 stuff I scheduled for the 2020s? 
And the person's like, the 2020s? It's like, did you just schedule 10 years of events for one year? It's like, oh, no. And it's like, yeah, that, that's what it feels like. It feels like the writer's room. Like, there was, there was a miscommunication. And it's like, we got the plague and, like, just all of this other crazy stuff condensed like, into I'm not this one year of our lives. you know? Like, I'm not complaining yeah. that it's almost over. But I'm also not complaining yeah. for everything that's happened. So I'm in no. a weird, I'm in yeah, a weird been... place now. Well, that's what's, I think, complicated about this year is that, like, obviously there's been so much crazy stuff that's gone on. And on the other side, there's been so much time for self-discovery and prioritizing that now, you know, we have time. We had time that we never thought we, we were going to have right. to, be, to, to decide what's important. What do I want to do? What can my life look like? What gets me excited? And now we can just and, and you just execute it now, which which I think is really apparent in how how much like TikTok took off at the beginning of the year. too. Right. Yeah. I, f- I forget. Like, I didn't even really register TikTok as a thing like pre like all of this. And now it's like an unquestionable part of our reality. Yeah. yeah I remember when I thought TikTok was like. No offense, but I remember when I thought TikTok was like musically, like it was just a thing that people were using to kind of waste time, maybe not waste time, but just pass time, especially yeah. in quarantine. And I started hearing that a lot of artists were breaking from TikTok and Mateo, my manager, was just instantly on it. He was like, okay, start posting videos, you know, start posting your originals. And it took a minute for me to really do that, not because... It wasn't anything about like pride or ego. It was more just this idea of putting myself out there in such a raw state in such a raw time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, it took me a second too. Like I, I, I completely get that. I still have a hard time posting because, you know, you say no offense. I, I say no offense as, as well to anybody listening who's a massive TikTok fan. Cause I was like, oh, that's for, those are for, it's for kids. And I'm, I'm, you know, 24. I am an adult, you know, like. But it was in seeing how friends were were making really great content, like Mothica or Salem, mm-hmm. really making like the platform their own, and then taking that like base and moving it towards their music and creating a, a community around it. That was really something, and, and still something that like blows me away every day. You know? Yeah, I think that seeing Mothica, just seeing it happen in Mothica, was so inspiring because. I definitely resonate with her when it comes to branding. I think her brand is just mm-hmm. being raw mm-hmm. and open about yeah. mental health and being transparent. And that's something that I really resonate with too. And I hope to share with my listeners. And so when I saw her do it and just that video of her, Mothka, if you're listening, shout out. But like <laughs> I saw this video of her just in her car, you know, crying and, and jamming to her music. And I was like, okay, like if this is the if this is the path that we're heading down in terms of musicianship and artistry, I am happy to continue on, you know, because I think for a minute, I definitely questioned it just being Mm -hmm. an artist in this day and age. And she was definitely one of those, one of those artists that really made me think twice and say, oh, this isn't so bad. Yeah. She's one of those people that like, like she's so consistent with her brand on social media that like every time I I see content from her, I'm just like, that's what a good, a well-built like well-earned brand looks like. And it makes me, yeah, it makes, it gives me, it like fills my soul with joy every time I see her post something. The difference between a good brand and a great brand is that a great brand isn't branding yourself as anything other than who you are. And I feel like she's doing a really great job of that, you know, because she's emanating Mothica, you know, she's not emanating anything else other than who she is. And I think that's the struggle today. 
Well, I think that's what really hit me. Like when I was first, when the, the pandemic first started and I was going on TikTok, I was seeing these like influencers like doing these dances and like do whatever. And I'm like, that's not, that's not me. Like I don't, I don't resonate with that. Um, I don't feel particularly emotionally invested in that. Um, it makes my head hurt trying to come up with challenges or whatever. Yeah. Oh my um, and then you see something like Mothica. And I think th- there have been a couple of artists who have, who have kind of taken that path uh, on, you, you included, but taking that path on TikTok. Where when I saw Mothica, I'm like, oh, this can also be a platform for really authentic, personal moments. Uh, and we've had other guests on the, on the podcast, like Ella Jane, mm-hmm. who I found on TikTok who her first, you know, viral TikTok was her reacting to the results of like getting her first playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, like, you know, S- Salem very authentically being mad at Disney. Right. No, you know, exactly. like there's, mm-hmm. there is, uh, there was something about like seeing artists be true to themselves and then use TikTok as a way of amplifying that. Yeah. As opposed to doing it the other way around. I also really love, like, as a human being and as an artist, that the, that that kind of content connects with people in the way that it does. Like, the people actually enjoy watching artists be excited about their work. Like, oh, that makes yeah. me really happy. That That's, like, such a wholesome brand of content. It's, like, yeah, the thing with Ella Jane and with Salem and with Mothica is it's, like, artists, like, people actually really like artists sharing their journey. Well, because you can't force that, you know? Like, you yeah. can't force excitement. You can't force being in love with music. And I think that's something that we all share, specifically the people that we're talking about now, the artists that we're talking about now is like, it's so evident that they love what they're doing. And I would hope that that Mm -hmm. shines through in my music as well. But I think in that way, it's completely authentic, you know? Well, and one of the, like the first time that I saw you as well, like on Instagram or something, like I, I also remember noting that you stood for like capital A authenticity. Like it's like no makeup, no filters, mm-hmm. like this, like what you see is what you get, which, which in a lot of ways, I feel like people react really, really well to on, on, on TikTok. Like you're, you're in your this apartment, is me. you're making, making tunes. This yeah. is totally me. And I think it's, it's really interesting because you would not believe the amount of pushback I got for wearing no makeup and for choosing to not put filters on my pictures and edit them because I was told on multiple occasions, you know, Rosie, like we think your music is good enough to get signed, but your brand just isn't there. You don't have a brand. Mm -hmm. You don't have an aesthetic because you don't use filters. Your face isn't appealing because you don't have makeup on. And I really like, I really started to believe it too. That's the scary part. I almost got to the point where Truly, like, two weeks before I blew up, I just remember crying to my mom and being like, what if what I stand for isn't enough for people? <laughs> you know, I was like, what yeah. if what everything I'm trying to be just doesn't resonate with people? You know, mm-hmm. and what if I'm just supposed to be a writer behind the scenes? And she was like, I mean, my mother is the best. She always provides a very mm-hmm. realist view. She was like, yeah, sure, that's very possible. You know, and I was like, <laughs> noted. Like, it is very cool, possible. Cool, 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 cool. Right. But it was so yeah. relieving. It was so relieving because, you know, the idea of, of, I know, like, it seems like it was just one video going viral, but for me, it was finally people resonating with everything I've been trying to say and just been trying to stand for for so long, you know? It, it, it's all all the pieces kind of coming together. It's that old, like, oddage of, like, you know, it takes, takes you know, years or months for an overnight success. Like, yeah. I know how much mm-hmm. work, like, you and Mateo oh, uh, yeah. did behind the scenes to make sure all the songs were good. Um, well, that was the other thing, though, too, is, like, you're the writer on it. Like we were, we were I looking am. at the credits of Never the One, and it was just like 
it's just you. And I'm like, I've never seen a Spotify credits page where you don't have to scroll. Right. (laughs) I'm wow. That makes my heart happy. Yes, that is fully just Rosie sitting in her bedroom, super depressed about a boy writing a song. Yeah. As one that's does. Some of the some of the best stuff, isn't it? But I mean, that, that's that's the thing is like the 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 what you see is what you get is what I feel like people people will connect to. It just it just always takes longer. That's that was yeah. one of the things like one of the criticisms we get is we spread ourselves a little thin because we write produce we got the podcast whatever. Part of me is like that, but that's what we like to do. Like if mm-hmm. we suddenly were like oh we have to focus on sleeping lion a hundred percent, then we'd be missing all these conversations. We'd be we'd be missing forming communities with people and like feeling this wave of music from the surfboard so to to speak exactly you know i think yeah i think what's really special about you guys is that you have so clearly made a decision to dive into every aspect of music like you said so Mm. not only are you on the receiving end as an artist but you're also putting in the work as writers producers you know you you have this podcast and i that's really inspiring to me because again i I agree. I don't think you really have to choose one thing. You know, I was very, very convinced that I was going to have to choose between being a writer and an artist. I was like, maybe it'll happen for me, you know, and now I'm like head first deep in both. And I am both a writer and an artist. And it was so cool, you know, listening to you guys, because I've been listening to your podcast for a minute and just being like, okay, yeah, they're in a band, but they also run a podcast, but you know, they also write. And it just, it was so, (laughs) so inspiring. Well, that, I, I mean, that, that. that that means the world. And I, I think, you know, it, sometimes it comes from less of a, like a conscious decision to like do it and more just like, well, what do we enjoy doing and how do we, you know, how do we just keep doing totally. that? I think the industry is catching up with folks like, like us and you and everybody, like even, even Mackenzie, like, uh, Mothica, she like does point and shoot disposable photography. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and she's also a not so visual artist, an insane, visual like an insane artist. Like painter and graphic artist. So I, and I feel like these sort of like portfolio artists mm-hmm. where it's just like, they, they've got an, an oeuvre, uh, you know, yeah, Halsey just put, um, out a poetry Halsey book. put out a poetry book, you know, yeah. like these artists that are doing multiple things. Um, I feel like the industry is catching up. Like, I feel like TikTok has shown a light on like, on those other things. Uh, for what it's worth, I feel like Arista does, does an amazing job of finding those artists They're as well. incredible. Um, They're incredible. Like, you know, in in like the J.P. Sachs's of, yeah. of the industry. But like, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Huge. You know? But it's a matter of like having these A&Rs that are, are keeping track of, okay, the songs are good, but can, can those songs also come uh, alongside, like Holly Humberstone come alongside an actual short film? Or right. like, you know, and I, I think that that's, that's a future in the industry that I'm really excited about uh, and, and, and also biasly excited about because I'm like, cool. We, we can do we it. Can do it. Totally, <laughs> you can. Let's and I think it. that something that I always say and I stand by this is that music is a full sensory art. It's a full sensory medium. And when you write a really good song, you should be able to see it, hear it, mm-hmm. feel it, mm-hmm. touch it, taste it. Yeah. Like that is mm-hmm. good art to me. And that's what defines and differentiates a good song from a great song. And I think that the industry is really starting to understand again. I mean, I don't know because I am not the industry, but it seems to me <laughs> that they're really, really tapping into those artists that are deeply emotional and deeply unique in the way they feel and the way they express themselves. And just one of my Berkeley professors said it best. He was just straight up with me. He said, Rosie, authenticity is coming back. 
And I was like, okay. I a hundred and ten percent agree with you. The only thing I disagree with is when you say that you're not the industry because oh. for every <laughs> never the one that blows up or for every artist like you that gets a great deal, mm-hmm. then you set the precedent for everything that comes next. Like yeah. in the same way that Mothica inspires you or Ella or whatever to be to be authentic every time somebody like you is authentic, you're inspiring somebody else. It's like the the so. art inspiring more art, inspiring yeah. more art. You know, it's it's the endless TikTok duets, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on, uh, like that's that's huge, you know? And and so I feel like your professor, which professor, by the way? He's a new one. His name is Rodney Alejandro. He's cool. Shout out to Rodney. I don't know if he's going to hear this, yeah. but he's incredible. And that <laughs> was just the best advice I got ever. It was just, you know, like authenticity is coming back. It's going to come back. It's, and he was right. I feel like authenticity is um, is a renewable resource. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like when you try to create a brand yeah. or you try to create like, because there's always going to be an upper limit. Because when you try to create a brand that does not come from an authentic place, you're constantly trying to come up with new ideas. Right. You know, They'll new know. ideas that, yeah. You know, like, and yeah, people have such know. a built-in radar for that. Right. Our, our, our bullshit detector has has just gotten so attuned. Oh, yeah. So, so we can tell. I think that I've been thinking about this a lot. But the reason, you know, I've thought about a lot, like, why hasn't music died out? You know, why Mm. isn't music silly bands or fidget spinner where they have their (laughs) moment and then they just kind of drop? Like, why is it? And I'm currently I'm currently um, studying the psychology of music and the cognitive effects that it has on our brain. And my answer, what I found out is because music saves lives. And if you track all the way back, all the way back to cavemen all the way back to the times when we were living simply based on the earth music saved lives it was also our primary language by the way it was our primary language before it was our first language before we spoke if you weren't going to mention it that's what i was going to say is like yeah there's the theory that that the you know our the the linguistic impulse in humans at all come came from a musical place exactly so what happened is that you know we did use music to save our lives in a more literal sense. Like if a bear was coming, we'd just like sing something terribly ugly. You know what I mean? Like you'd sing something really <laughs> detracting. But now music saves lives in a more emotional sense and in a psychological sense where we feel music and we actually like cognitively, like scientifically speaking, it makes us want to bond with other humans. And I think the reason it hasn't died out is because we still don't understand the full power of it. And we still don't understand the full potential that music has to heal and save lives. And that's why I think it's going to last not only as long as humans do, but longer than us. Mm. Well, I, I feel like there's also this other piece that is so unique to music, which is music will always be in the background of our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what song was playing when you were were with that, romantic interest for the first time you know what song was playing unfortunately yes right yeah yeah. well like we call them casualties like the songs that uh you lose when uh, you have a breakup like the songs you can't listen to anymore because of somebody oh my god don't even get me started there's something so beautiful about a casualty though because what that means is that a song has meant something outside of whatever the intention of the artist was or whatever like that artist doesn't know that guy or that girl, you know, like whatever, like that artist didn't, doesn't know your story. And yet that artist had so much to do with you guys, you know, I actually like wrote whatever. a song about that, literally <laughs> about that. It's called all my favorite songs. And the, the hook is you ruined all my favorite songs for me. 
There we are. Like that, I mean, that, that's the thing. My cousin calls them casualties or time travelers, like things that just like the, the movies you can't watch anymore, like that. Oh man. And every time I think that I'm like jaded from music, like every time I think that like there's a song that can't like mess with me anymore, you know, Phoebe Bridgers and Maggie Rogers have to go and cover Iris and oh my then God. I'm crying like. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to to TikTok and and what the last couple of weeks have looked like for you, I want to I want to back backtrack a little bit. W- yeah, where are you absolutely. where are you from? I'm from New York. I'm from upstate New York. Oh. When I say upstate, I just mean slightly outside of the city. Are you a Westchester? I'm kid? from Rockland County. You're from Rockland? Mm-hmm. I'm from Westchester. I'm no from way. Okay, so we're like 20 minutes away from each other. I'm from Nyack, New York. Oh, cool. Um, so we're from the same home yes. area. Yes. So I I know what that's like. I know that there is exactly three open mics. Uh, <laughs> did you? You are correct. What was, what was this? Yeah. What was the sort of mu- your your musical uh, sort of upbringing in in, uh, in Nyack? Yeah. So I actually moved from Nyack to Chestnut Ridge back to Nyack um, just because of where I went to school. But my upbringing was extremely musical. I mean, my entire family are musicians. My mom was in theater and she sang. My dad was a bassist, violinist, guitarist. My grandma, my grandpa, my cousins are in a band. My aunt and uncle are in a Brazilian band. So when I tell you like my family is in music, we are all in music. You're like me. You were doomed. You were just (laughs) doomed. I may be one of like the only people where my mom actually encouraged me to go to music for college. She encouraged me to study music. And I was like, wow, you're a homie. Like she's a good one. Yeah. (laughs) But um, so that was my upbringing. And I actually was raised as a classical violinist. I had Suzuki training 10 years all the way through. I was in orchestra, you know. I competed in Nisma, so I was like the whole the whole thing. Nisma is a deep cut. I'm like I'm like there's gonna be exactly three people listening who's like, oh yeah, I remember Nisma extremely well. Like two people are gonna know what I'm talking about, but if you know, <laughs> you will be scarred too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so that was really my that was really my first experience with music, aside from you know growing up with my brother who also played piano and violin and everything else. But I started writing when I was 12, and it was wow. simply just you know. The way I describe it is that my mom was the counselor at our school. So if I had a problem, it was like I <laughs> I almost didn't want to go to her because it was like she's my mom, you know. Mm. So my way of coping was writing songs. So it started as a coping me- mechanism and it really continued. And to this day now, it's been eight years. I'm, you know, I'm 20 and I'm still writing to cope and it just shows some things don't change. You know, I, I feel like there's there's this like incredible, especially uh, when you're in high school, this incredible like catharsis and finally being able to like say what you mean. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the, the the first like 10 years of being uh, sentient, which I think mm-hmm. sentience starts at 13. I love that one. You know, it's like that 10 year chunk, you you have all these like emotions and, and colors and very specific things that, that you can never, no matter how much you try to explain it to somebody, you can never say what you mean. Right. Which is so like, like in your brain, it's one thing and then you speak it and it's a whole different language. And so being able to finally put it down on paper. I remember the first time I wrote a song where I'm like, wait, this is exactly how I feel. Right. It's, <laughs> a, it's an intoxicating feeling. Yeah. It's like, I could do this. It's a high. A hundred more times. Yeah. Yeah. It is literally a high. It's a drug that we chase. Yeah. But it's it's like you like you're saying about authenticity. I think it's a renewable resource. You know, yeah. like it doesn't like it doesn't necessarily cost you 
something dear to like write your feelings out. Like that's what's really beautiful about it. Like if anything, you gain something from the experience. Totally. That's the slippery slope though too, is like people who are like, oh, I only write, for me for a while, I was like, oh, I only write to deal with the sad feelings. And then like, you know, for a year I'm happy and I'm like, okay, I either need to ruin my life or or <laughs> I have writer's block learn, forever. Learn how to write a happy song. <laughs> I used to. That used to be me for sure. And it's definitely helped me. It's helped me get through every tough situation I've ever been in. But now I'm finally, I think, learning the beauty of just writing exactly what I'm feeling, not just sad, you know, like, because don't yeah. get me wrong. I had people coming up to me when I was 12, like, Rosie, who broke your heart? I'm like, no one broke my heart. I'm 12. <laughs> I've just been a sad person forever, you know? And now, <laughs> like, now that I'm really coming into myself as a human being and after just like the worst breakup ever, like now I am able to write about being independent and you know, mm-hmm. I just wrote a song with Max Duval yesterday and it's like, I can buy my own flowers. I can take myself on a date, you know, I can pay for my dinner. And it's just, it's so relieving and so refreshing that I'm starting to be able to write, like you said, like not just write when I'm sad and not just write when a man like fucks me over. I think that that's what's so nice about like developing the muscle of writing too, is like, I think it really hit me maybe two years ago or three years ago when, when starting to like write every day that like in every day, you can find something extremely heartbreaking or oh, yeah. something extremely beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be these giant things. It could be these small little like, oh, something feels really, really off. Like I feel, you know, like this is, I'm so happy to be talking to you. Like this is, this is awesome. I woke up this morning just so off because I like had a melatonin, you know? And but I like, woke up off too. We're oh connected. Boy. I really did. We're, I woke know? up off. Well, what's funny is like uh, when we, uh, when we, uh, scheduled this I did the time zone math backwards so I'm like oh yeah we're gonna be like midday for us and then I'm like oh, no. oh it's actually 10 a.m <laughs> <laughs> no but 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 that's the thing is like on the one hand you can write about waking up off on the other hand you can write about having great conversations with great people across the on the other side of the country I don't you know there's great yeah I don't know where I don't know about beauty. you guys but inspiration hits at the most inconvenient times for me <laughs> I'm legitimately in the shower I'm telling you like Never the one was written mostly in the shower. Like Love I that. don't understand why it is. I think it's because I'm finally away from my screens and finally, you know, yep. my whole job no, right huge. now is on it's Zoom. Huge. So it's like I'm just in the shower and I was just like, you know, I could write like a hundred bajillion bajillion songs about the way you fucked me over. And then I was like, all right, let's make that a little more poetic. Uh, <laughs> and like it turned into like, Never the One. Yeah. But Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting because like I'm, I'm a producer, right? Like I, I'm a piano player, like I'm a guitar player, like so much of my like musical language is like chords. I'm, I'm always like I'm making tracks for people. Me like too. I'm always like focused on music. Some of my favorite songs that I've ever written, though, have come to me. Like I was just thinking like I was at a party in London at New Year's, tw- the, the top of 2020. And I was literally in a club with my friends yep. and I got an idea for a song and had to like go into a corner of the club <laughs> and write out this verse while I, while I was literally celebrating New Year's with my friends. And like, oh, man, it's just cra- like some of my favorite songs I've ever written have come to me independent of any music. Like the me songs too. are just bubbling inside me like as melodies. And then I put now music that to it I later. think about it. Yeah, me too. Or like, here's a really funny one. But like my dad and I will sometimes have these like really deep intellectual conversations about politics and um, ethics. And we just have these conversations. But sometimes in the middle, I just like let him ramble and I'm like singing in my phone. Like I get these random <laughs> ideas and I'm like, that. I promise I'm listening. But this very deep conversation just inspired me. And I just, I don't know. I get so inspired by the most random things and my own random thoughts. And I don't think you guys have heard this song yet. 
but it's called I Don't Know You At All. And, and I was walking on my way back from my friend's house. And I literally think I like tripped because I was like on my phone, like <laughs> writing. And the, and the line was, I asked an eight ball, if you love me, shook it twice. It said, not likely. And oh, that was the great. line. That's a good. That's and a little did I know, line. eight balls don't say not likely. But I didn't. <laughs> no, but that's most likely. It doesn't an, matter. That's a, yeah. that's a great. But it sounds whatever. Line. So it comes at the weirder times for sure. Did you put that on TikTok? Because yes. that sounded familiar. I did. Okay, cool. I love yeah. that. Cool. I'm like, I definitely, I definitely know that line from you. I just don't. I don't know where <laughs> no, I saw that's it. That's so good. But also, uh, one of my favorite Halsey lyrics of all time is like she's talking about listening to an album, and the line is, "I can barely hear over the music in my head." Right. Like that happens to me so many times. Like I'll sit down to listen to an album, and I'll just be like vibing, and then all of a sudden I'll start writing over the song, yep. and then I like am completely distracted. Oh, uh, me, like I said, when Iris, uh, Iris, <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers, Maggie Rogers, I just biked around for an hour playing that song on repeat, but I was writing a poem alongside it, like completely. <laughs> unrelated to anything in the song but the song made me like specifically sad and angry in a way that was like okay here I'm gonna write about whatever the sad anger <laughs> feeling great. is but I totally get that and I, I think there's nothing no better and worse feeling than the the anxiety that comes with feeling like like a, you have a great idea that's slipping mm. like you're in the shower you can't write it down like I'm like I either have to like run out in, in a towel me and, too like, like you know, me too. You know, and get it's my just, phone wet or like whatever, you know? Yeah, of course. And I have one of those heavy duty cases. So when I get my phone wet, it's like a whole thing. I have to take it <laughs> because I will drop my phone all the time. I'm analog. I, I, I'm i pen and paper. So like I, I like, right. you know, dampen my journals, you know? Oh, man, that's old school. I really <laughs> like it. I don't know if I could do that. My writing gets really messy when I'm in like a, a daze. But I think that for me, the most inconvenient time when I get ideas is Right as I'm falling asleep. And it yep. is uh, yep. so... Yeah, no, 100%. I don't know about you guys, but I definitely have like some type of sleeping disorder. Like I really can't <laughs> sleep. It's really hard 110%. for me. And so when I finally... It's like, of course, it's like finally after like eight weeks, you know, it's easy to fall asleep one night. And then of course it comes to me and I'm like, shit, it happened to me last night. I had this concept about it's called people person. And it's like, I guess I'm not a people person, you know, guess I'm I'm extra introverted. I just had this whole thing in my head and I woke up and it was like not the same. Yeah, I, yeah. I have voice memos on voice memos of me trying mm -hmm. to sing melodies that like I'm like. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like there, there have been there have been multiple times where I've like texted Noah that specific voice memo with the caption. Is this a hit question mark? <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> is it a hit or am is I just an hit? insomniac? Yeah, no, I, the answer is I'm an insomniac. But but that's that's the thing too, is like when a great concept comes to you, it's it's like, okay, fuck, it's four in the morning, but like lights are on, guitar's out. Oh, yeah, man, like it's so... you gotta see it through. You gotta see it through. Yeah. It's it's I swear it's like having a baby. It's like when the yeah. baby it... cries, you go take care of it. <laughs> I love that because well, I've always kind of described my brain as like a, like a 2001 search engine <laughs> like you put in the information that you're looking for or like what you're trying to do and then give it I mean you're on you're on dial up so give it exactly an hour to find all the search results so I feel like when you're when you're open up to the world you're taking all this information in and and your brain's processing it whether or not you realize it and you finally figure out what you've been chewing on once you once your eyes are closed like it's just mm -hmm. it's just you catching up with yourself and that's where the song comes i feel you know it's also when the feels come 
Oh, that's when the mm-hmm. feels come. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I swear to God, I don't miss anybody in the daylight hours. But, <laughs> but when I'm like Liter- alone, alone. Oh my God, that is also a great lyric. I don't miss anyone in the daylight hours. I like that. <laughs> That's what I love when uh, when you have a songwriter friend who like comes to you with their like with with you know a story or a problem and you know you're like listen I I promise I am listening to your story but also you just said a great lyric and I need you to either write that down or I'm going David to. Massey he lit- we were in our introductory meeting I who am I to interrupt David Massey I'm like I'm so sorry you just said something that is so cool and I need to write it down and it was kissing frogs he was like you know what you got to kiss some frogs Yo. to get to the princess or whatever and it, that one's also on TikTok but I actually was like David you are an icon but I need you to stop talking for a second so I can write this down <laughs> when it when it hits it hits you yeah. know it's hard. interrupt whoever you, you want Going back, you shouted out uh, Mags Duval. I think she's incredible. Like her music's mm-hmm. amazing. So, so uh, incredible. Incredible. Matching the, matching the shout out. I, I don't know her, but she's worked with our friend uh, Ariza. And occasionally I'll, I'll DM oh, her. Oh, like, like Ariza and Me at Hope. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love their. Oh, my goodness. Sacrifices, Nervous. Oh, so That's such a good project. It's so a nutso good. project. They're, I mean, they're so two inspired. of my favorite humans. And the fact that they like have the chemistry that they do together is like. It's incredible. So I think. I think we met Mateo because of Miette. Like, uh, that I think would that make that's, sense. Talk about, I mean, talk about another authentic artist who really just like came into her sound. Like Miette's like, okay, I'm, I, you know, Miette's like a, a little bit of a strange writer, but has such a strong sen- pop sensibility that whatever she wants to do, she executes it. Yeah. yeah and my it. belief, my fundamental belief about songwriting is that it's 50% creative and 50% science. And if you can mm, put yeah. those two together, you can write great music and I think she does that so well you know she has her deeply creative deeply feeling deeply emotional side but then she sticks it with these like melodies that are just yeah her melody writing is like so catchy alien so pretty and I think she she really encompasses that that idea for me of 50 50 I I stand by also I I love I love that ratio you Mm -hmm. know I mean you you gotta hope for that ratio I feel like when you sometimes I accidentally go 90% science or 90% creativity and it just becomes a hodgepodge mess I would hope that never the one is I think that's one of those songs that I stand by ideally that was kind of the goal was that it was equally as technical and science as it was creative yeah so so it started in the shower, but mm-hmm. like how did that song develop? Like I, I love the, the, the countdown like Thank mechanic. You. I love when a song has a great like guiding principle. Like not every song yeah. has it, not every song needs it, but when you know a concept can be flipped, that's great. When it, when you've got a through line through a you know, through a song, that's that's great. Like yeah. I, I think that's what resonated about the TikTok too, is is like every songwriter friend who who reposted Never the One to Instagram when the the uh, TikTok video came out everybody was just like shit this is really really creative and really really cool yeah you know that song was perhaps one of the most interesting to write because I was afraid to write it and I would like to think that as a writer I've always been told do what scares you you know like I grew up an athlete I grew up super active like you know cliff jumping hiking whatever I was told like do what scares you so that definitely plays into my songwriting, but with never the one, I'll tell you what happened, okay? So I was in the shower and the the concept, you know, I could write, it went like this. It was like, I could write a million songs about how you fucked me over. And then I was like, I could write. I was like, what's a good number? And I was like, okay, I could write 10 songs about nine ways you fucked me over. And then I knew from there, I was like, 
but I was never the one. And I had mm. to fill in. Uh, you that's, should that's great, hear. Though. You should hear the shit that was could have gone in there. That was so bad. <laughs> um, but I spent, you know, one of my favorite things to do is when I call, you know, what I call word doctor, where a lot mm. of my writing for me, if you were to ask me, is me just literally staring at my screen. Like how the words right. look, how they sound, you know, how like the alliteration, the internal rhymes, like it's very much a brainy thing for me. And that song specifically, that chorus, just hammering it in, making sure every number's in there and it sounds okay and I'm not rushing and I'm not fitting too much in. Not to mention that in terms of theory and in ter- terms of chords and chord structure, it's extremely complex. So- mm. I wasn't expecting anyone to relate to this truthfully. And Mateo agreed. He was like, this is kind of complicated, Rosie. Like, I think you should (laughs) maybe dumb it down a little. And I was like, shit, like, I think you're right. But something really crazy happened, which is that after I wrote that chorus, I was terrified to write a verse. I was terrified to finish Mm -hmm. the song because I was like, it better be as clever as this chorus. And I was yep. like, how do I do that? Do you know, do I talk about clocks? Do I talk about mm. birds? <laughs> right, like right, I genuinely right. had no, I had some weird ideas, but I was like, how do I make this song cohesive? How do I make it, you know, good? How, no, how do I make it great? That was my question. Right. And I finally sat down one day and I just remember the day, I believe it was like July 17th, I think. I was like, okay, Rosie. Maybe it was a little later, maybe it was August. But I was like, okay, Rosie, you're going to write this first. And if it sucks- it's not the end of the world. You can write it again. <laughs> and I remember, you know, it starts, met you in October. You talk sweet and a little slow. And then I was like, and I thought, oh, shit. Or like, oh, God. Or you're it. And I just had all of these like filler words there. And I finally, I don't know why it was, but I was like, what about? Mm-hmm. I was like, what if it's that, just that simple? What that's if it's- my favorite part. Like, that's. Yeah. It's so, to me, it was really, really hard because I'm a word person. I'm, you know, you can tell, like, I love words. And to just put nothing, I was like, that's it. Yeah. I was like, that's it. L- lyrics are the the hill I want to die on. Like, I, cause I, I, I used to do, like, slam poetry and stuff. So I get really in the weeds about how, like, everything sounds. Totally. When you can find the simple answer, it's you know, where better. all the lyrics are out the window, it's as much as I love lyrics, it's always just like. But that's also open. Then nice... it's open for interpretation. At least in the case of Never the One, it's like I thought. Mm-hmm. Does he think? Mm-hmm. You know, so he yeah. think, and it's like, what, what, like, what were you thinking? You know, but you get it. Like, you totally get what I'm saying. You know, at least. Well, I mean, hundred percent, and it's. I think. I think it also showcases your voice on there too, like the way that your your voice layers. That you have. Okay, here's conversational vocals, but here's also this like very current sound in, you know, this this 2020, like, organic, vocally-driven thing. That's my favorite thing, in, especially in modern writing, when people can pull off a good back and forth, like, between backing vocals and lead vocals, like, when there's, like, a real conversation happening there between textures, like, that's, that's the oh, good yeah. stuff. And that's what I mean about full sensory, again. That's what I mean about uh-huh. writing and music being full sensory, because it's, like, I, my intention and the way I wrote it was, like, I say that, and it's, like, you really gotta, like, it's, like, whoa. What like what just happened? And this is just my hope. You know, I could never predict that it would get, you know, 16 million views or that it would go viral or whatever. But when I was writing it, all I knew was that I felt it. And it was me coming to terms with the fact that like this person that I was just deeply in love with just like wasn't 
And it was like, I was never the one for you. Like, okay. But to come to that and to come to that acceptance, you know, was really, really, really hard. And so that was one of the most therapeutic songs I've ever written. And for me, it's just so beautiful to see that now other people are using it for their own catharsis, you know? Mm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I think it's extremely uh, cathartic and rewarding when like you have just such a shit breakup, mm-hmm. but at least you can point to it and be like, okay, well, that was terrible, but it led to this song and yeah. this Well, yeah, this for me, it, like, read, it led to a record deal, led to going viral, led to, you know, a potential pub deal, led to meeting all of like, you know, some of my favorite artists and writers. Like, I don't think, I don't attribute him, but I'm like, oh shit, you know, I turned something ugly that you did into something really beneficial for my future. Like, I give me credit, but I'm just like, yeah, noted. right. Like, I think that we all find different ways to cope. And I just like, I don't, I don't know how I had it in me to get up out of bed every day and write because I was like really destroyed. But somehow I did and it just, it really paid off and it's paying off every day. And I'm really grateful that I chose and had that coping mechanism to fall back on that I remember I had always had to fall back on since I was 12. And it's just something in me. I was like, all right, I have no idea who I am without this person. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Like I, <laughs> I have nothing and I know nothing except that I know how to write a song. And like, yes, yeah, that's what happened. Yes. Well, and it's just, you, you know, you, you look at, you look at, how people react to a song and and that's that energy like that's what whatever you felt being amplified you know by by your pen to resonate with everybody else like i think that that i don't know whenever i've had to like get over a breakup yeah i think it makes me sad in the sense that like you're sort of substituting a person for like air molecules Mm -hmm. but i think on on the other side like there is there is a, a melancholic beauty to Oh, cool. Like we can all, we all go through it and we've all gotten through it. Yeah. You know? And yeah, it's, it's just, it's so crazy to me. You know, when I wrote that song, I was like, I bet no one's been fucked over like I have. <laughs> and then it was like, apparently 16 million people resonated. You know right, what I mean? It's right, like, right. Apparently a lot of people have been screwed over. And I just think that was honestly, yeah, it made me really sad because I was like, so many people are going through this pain, but it also made me really hopeful that like I can create a space where all these people can come together. And like recognize that you can be sad. You have every right and permission to be sad, but that you don't necessarily have to do it alone the way I did, you know, granted was a global pandemic. I did not see anyone, (laughs) you know, but it's like the Rosebuds. That's kind of what they name themselves. Like it's like a little support group. I love the Rosebuds. That's so cute. I love that. I love that. Yeah. The Rosebuds. Shout out to the Rosebuds. That's great. There will never be a shortage of heartbreak, I feel, mm-hmm. which is why I think we're all going to have uh, jobs for, for as long as, as <laughs> we, we we want. Because there's this great line in Schenectady, New York, which is um, every day somebody wakes up and makes the conscious decision to destroy another person. <laughs> you know, oh, it's like- man. Every, Right? Like, That's so true. And, and, and there's there's kind of, again, there's kind of, there's heartbreak and beauty in, in, in everything. Like there's something so heartbreakingly beautiful about that, that every day somebody is hurt and somebody is hurting, you know? Yeah. And, and like we, we have to, because we have hurt and because we have been hurt, we, I think, have a responsibility to- put that down on paper and tell folks, hey, you're not alone in that. Like we've we've done that too. Right. I don't know. I think that's a pretty cool job to have. <laughs> I'd agree. I like to call it like, you know, a heartbreak facilitator. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Well, so the song the song went vi- uh, viral. 
and you sign with uh, Arista. What comes next for Rosie? Well, on the creative side, you know, we're, we have a Rosebud's lyric video where each person took like any Rosebud who wanted, they wrote out their favorite lyric and took a picture with it and it's coming out soon. So we have a Rosebud lyric video edition. We have a music video. You know, I'm I'm currently in the process of figuring out the next steps in terms of publishing and, and potentially hopefully a publishing deal. Um, I'm working with some really exciting new artists and hopefully we get some collaborations going. In 2021, I plan on, you know, putting out more music, hopefully putting out an EP and just writing, just writing every day, writing all the time. Oh, we, we can't wait for all of it. You know, it was this time last year that your brother was like, keep an eye out for, for Rosie because she's she's going somewhere and, and, mm-hmm. and you already have and you got plenty more to go. So thank thank, thank you. you for for coming on. And, and it's and it's so nice to meet you. Yeah, like, and lovely to meet you. You're, you're awesome. So thank thank you for, for being on on the show and, and for for ending the season. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad I could could jump on and I think that you know I said it before you guys I've really always wanted to be on this podcast and it's like a dream come true and you guys are even lovelier than I imagined and I was told <laughs> so thank you well thank you, thank you. and good luck with everything to come thank you only took it eight days to forget seven months together we were up till six in the morning, five days a week. You said forever then left before I counted to three. Loved you a little too much, but I was never, I was never the one. And that's the end of season two. We would like to thank Alan C for supporting Talking Lion on Patreon and Isotope. We'll see you next year.